You're listening to the Far Post Perth podcast. News, views and banter on everything football. Hello and welcome along to the Far Post Perth podcast. My name is Neil Sherwin. It's been a long time between drinks for the crew, but we've reunited partly through pure boredom. But we've got some football news to talk about and there's a lot going on. It's never There's never a dull moment in Perth, Western Australia. And uh, we've got a few things to get our teeth into. Blaine Treadgold, you're joining me. Again, it's it's been a while. How have you been? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Just getting used to all this lockdown and everything like that. Um, we should start calling this the pa- the Far Post Bunker podcast or something like that. Um, yeah, this might this might not be the only one we do. As I said, we're all a little bit bored. Um, so yeah, that might that might be a good thing or a bad thing that we keep doing more of these. But we'll uh, we'll get through this one first and then take it from there. Someone who may be very glad that the A League season is over is Donna Jeffrey. How are you? I'm good, thanks, guys. And yes, I am very happy. I'm very happy if they just just cancel the league and just consider a write-off this year. I'll be perfectly fine with that. You're playing the, playing yeah. the good old get-out-of-jail-free card there, Donna. <laughs> yep. Yeah, look, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster for a few weeks. Um, lots of stuff going on. And I, I think everybody's way of life has changed a little bit. We're starting to miss football both at national level and even at local level there's nothing going on trying to see if there's a uh, on tv to to watch today there's there's just nothing there so um yeah we're uh, we're now recording a podcast well let's get into some of the stuff that's been happening uh, in in recent days uh, we had the a league try to plow on for as long as possible and uh, and there was a few games played perk glory's game against western united last monday uh, fell by the wayside at the last minute, um, so that was a bit disappointing. We didn't get to, to see the guys go out in, a, in an empty stadium. Um, but yeah, Blaine, what are your thoughts on the on the fact that the A League did go on for so long, especially in light of the news yesterday that a Newcastle Jets player has tested positive for COVID nineteen, as has a member of the Wellington Phoenix coaching staff. And let's remember, Wellington flew all the way to Sydney to to, uh, to quarantine themselves, and they didn't get to kick a ball when they got there. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really difficult decision, whether it's you're in the football business or you're, you're the corner corner store down the road. It's a really, really tricky balancing act between between kind of uh, keeping people safe and healthy and, of course, keeping people's kind of livelihoods um, and everything else. And I, I really don't envy anyone like uh, James Johnson or even our Tony Sage or Tony Pinata or anyone that has to make these these difficult decisions. Uh, Donna, in terms of Melbourne Victory, they also had to uh, come back from Wellington and have a, a bit of a, a period of, of, of self-reflection, a bit of time for the guys to ponder life and to basically do pretty much nothing. Um, it, there was debates over whether people could train together and all sorts of stuff. It's just a bit of a mess. Do you, do you think that situation should have been averted? And when that Wellington Victory game happened um, in New Zealand, that should have been the, the the clue that the league was going nowhere. They were on a hiding to nothing by persisting. Yeah, absolutely. And I've spoken to a couple of the guys at Melbourne Victory, and they said that prior to them flying over to Wellington to play the guys, they were re- they were assured by the Australian government that nothing was going to happen to them should they come back um, into Australia. And obviously, they've gone from Wellington and then. Scott Morrison has announced the whole quarantine process that you must go into quarantine straight away uh, for 14 days. So the players were really on edge about that because they were playing while everything was getting announced and it was all going down. So you can just imagine how they're feeling. But as you said, it, it is a time for self-reflection, especially for our for the Victory Boys because uh, they haven't had the best season. So um, I think it was 
it was an indication of, okay, that's happened. Everyone's going into quarantine now. The two, these two clubs, let's just call it a day. Yeah, I think um, I think they they may have had some pressure from uh, revenue suppliers, so you know, without naming names, that uh, to play on, which could be detrimental to the health of of people that were involved. As I said, that there's um, a Newcastle Jets player has tested positive and played in the final game of the season to date, which was against Melbourne City during the week. And obviously, we wish them all the best uh, in their recovery. But yeah, it's a situation now where you're talking about community contact and that sort of thing to, to put people in that position. I, I think it was a little bit irresponsible, Ben. Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's really, really hard to know. What I know of the of the COVID-19 is that you can, you can have all these kind of... Um, you can have it without any... Uh, being, I guess, uh, asymptomatic uh, without showing any signs of it. Um, so, I mean, this has been going on for a few months in terms of the spread. And, um, as a, yeah, it's just a really, really difficult decision. Um, should the league have been called off earlier? Uh, well, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Uh, we saw even AFL go ahead with that kind of first round and then they, they, they second uh, second guess themselves and then shut their league down. So, as I said, it's just not an ideal scenario. Um, and let's let's hope that this Newcastle player recovers and and that it hasn't got any further. Yeah, so the decision the decision was um, was made to to finally postpone the league uh, on Tuesday, and we we well we don't know if and when it's coming back. Uh, it puts a lot of people in limbo. Um, jobs wise, we've seen that about seventy percent of the FFA staff have uh, have been stood down for the moment, and that's something that's happening across a lot of industries. We've seen it with, with Qantas. Um, seen a lot of shops closing their doors uh, in, in this weekend, not going to be opening again. And it's a very difficult time for a lot of people. And sport is one of those things that, that does give people um, hope and I guess a lot of enjoyment and, and something to do. I think with this, with the regulations that are coming in around isolating and social distancing and all of that, it's a lot easier to sit in your house when you've got five or six games going on over the course of a weekend like we had with the AFL. I mean, I watched so much of that last week because it was on. <laughs> yeah, and you could see people all across the world watching that and also watching the A-League games. Uh, so I think it, it is a tough one. To, to, and it also gives the A-League an opportunity to be seen by people who normally wouldn't give a damn about it. So from from getting eyes onto the game, I can kind of understand why they did it. But um, from a, from a, yeah, for having the responsibility of, a, of players and staff I think now that we've seen two positive tests from clubs, um, I think hindsight is is wonderful. But at the same time, they probably should have probably should have uh, pulled the plug a little bit earlier. So we're we're in a situation now where we don't know when football is going to come back. Um, we are blessed that we have the longest off season in the world, so there's there's plenty of time to play with if we want to get people uh, kicking a ball again. But I guess the issue uh, we've we've now got is around contracts and players' contracts. Will, will expire um, before the completion of the rest of the season, um, the way things are looking. And we've had that issue with Perk Glory this week where Tony Sage has basically pulled a pin on the players and told them that they're, they're no longer um, going to be paid. Um, and it was, it, there's been some interesting reactions to that, and I'll get your thoughts in just a moment. But we'll, we'll go first with a couple of quotes from Tony Sage in the, um, in the West Australian. So he says, he says that he's got, I've got overseas and interstate players. I didn't want them to have to wait if they wanted to get out with complete lockdowns imminent. Uh, I haven't spoken to them personally, but I would have been remiss. For, it would have been remiss, remiss for me not to make the call. It gives them the opportunity if they, to leave if they want. So he's gone a little bit further and said that um, there'll be a review of the situation on April 22nd, and that he expects other clubs to do the same 
whether that's uh, this weekend or or later in the week. Um, I think that is probably the case that he's just pulled the pin first. The PFA are unhappy about it, and there's a few different strains of thought in terms of. Well, on one side, you've got to, you've got saying, well, the club isn't generating revenue and it's losing money hand over fist every year. How can they afford to keep people on? And why is this any different to any other industry? As mentioned, the Qantas have stood down a lot of their staff. What why are professional footballers any different? And uh, you've got the PFA side of it saying that uh, that that this is not um, an acceptable thing to do when their contracts uh, are due to expire at the end of May, and that the the club has pretty much an obligation to look after these guys, even from a mental perspective. So Blaine, there's a lot in that. What side of the fence are you sitting on? Yeah, I'm. I'm really trying to see both sides of the argument, and I, I think I'm. I think I'm right in saying that both sides are really trying to do um, the right thing by the players, um, and also the right things by themselves. Um, there's a few people uh, throwing shade over the PFA um, and how they are working. There's a few of this. Well, if the if the bloke in the local cafe can get sacked, why can't footballers? I think we need to take a really big step back and have a look at this whole of as, as a society problem, not a one over the other. Uh, the, pay, the, the PFA's role is to keep these guys in jobs, the same as any other union is. Um, but I can also see Tony's side of the, of the argument in terms of it's just not being sustainable. Um, and his quotes on saying, look, that these overseas players need to get back to their families and there's bigger... There's bigger fish to fry in terms of, you know, being with your family and border security and the health of these players too. So it's just a really difficult situation all around. It is. Uh, there's, there's a lot to take, lot to consider, a lot to take in. And, and I guess I, I think um, Perk Glory fans are probably a little bit fed up of being the uh, the guinea pig for a lot of stuff. We've had the seems like years ago at this stage but we had the whole cryptocurrency thing um that we had to get our head around and that was going to be a revolutionary first and now we're seeing glory being first to let go of players and i, I think it'd be nice if we could just sit from the outside looking in at another club who was doing this and setting the trend but tony sage obviously has crunched the numbers and and said that uh, it's not it's not viable he's already losing um he's, i think he said he lo- he's losing 2.5 million every year and this season it could be another million more on top of that um, with the loss of uh, gate receipts and merchandise because Glory were due to have four more home games um, before the end of the season. Four home games is, is quite a, a, a sizable chunk of the club's home games over the course of the season. So you can understand why he'd be a, a, quite pissed off at, at not being able to do that. So, yeah, just, it, it's just a very on tough that, one. Just on yeah. that, Neil, sorry to, sorry to butt in there. Um, another thought that I did have was uh, this whole salary cap might be a bit of a saving grace financially because if we had the, the full open market and these clubs had to gone out and spent millions upon millions upon millions on players, that'd be in a hell of a lot of a more difficult situation than now. So it was just a little bit of a side a side note to that. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and sometimes, you, you know, your clubs can be um, guilty of spending beyond their means and getting themselves into trouble by thinking short term. So, yeah, maybe it will get them to sit back and assess. But I think that this, this situation is is so dire that um, salary cap or not, there's going to be a lot of financial issues for the league going forward. Um, Donna, any thoughts from even from a victory perspective about how the club is going to, how it's going to handle everything? We've even got talk of, you know, fans looking to get some of their memberships reimbursed mm. because they obviously they've missed out on some games. And I, I can get that because money is important for, for people at the moment, when, whether they've lost their jobs or they've got that uncertainty in their personal lives. Any little bit of money they can get back is helpful. Yeah, And, and it's it's an important time for, for, for everyone to assess their own finances and 
football clubs obviously are no different, so they don't want to be having to give money back that they'd already factored into their budget for the year. So uh, any any word from Victory and uh, Anthony Di Pietro and the guys at the top there? I haven't heard much on that front of what Tony, you know, the, what Tony has gone and done. And um, like you said, Neil, it just seems to be that Perth Glory seemed to be the first club to do something and then they become the talk of the town and then the focus is on them as a club because of the history they've had in the last few years with everything that's gone on from the crypto to the salary cap to whatever. It all just starts to stem back to that. And I, like Blaine, can see both sides of the story. I, I said this yesterday um, on a radio interview that Tony is not just the owner of Perth Glory and this is what people need to really understand is he also has other businesses. He's also a father and a husband. He's also, you know, a person that has financial restraints and, you know, commitments and whatnot. So that's the side of it I see. But then I step out of that and take the emotion out of it and I also see the PFA side. And I've seen a lot of backlash towards the PFA and I agree, agree with um, Blaine in the fact that they are another union. They're just representing players. That's what their job is. And I saw in their uh, press release that they put out quite, you know, quite quickly and abruptly that Tony was more than happy a fortnight ago to relocate all his players over east, uh, whether to be to Sydney or Melbourne, wherever, to finish out the season. And he was happy to, you know, put up accommodation and whatever else it needed to be. But now he doesn't feel that he can pay his players. Now, I've also been told, and I don't know how true it is, so I've got to, I would really like some clarification from someone from the FFA or someone that knows a little bit more about the contracts, is that A-League contracts are considered a casual contract. So, therefore, if it is casual, they don't, like every other person in the world, they don't, if you're a casual um, employee, you don't get annual leave or sick leave and whatnot. You just, if you get stood down, you get stood down. But I was under the impression that that's not the case with um, A-League contracts, that their contracts have to be fulfilled. And, you know, there has to be something. like. And then I hear that, oh, they're soccer players. Who cares? They earn enough money. Let's face it, we are the cheapest league, I think, in the world when it comes to how much these players earn. Some of them are not on Bitcoin. Some of them don't have financial backing. Some of them are quite young players. So we also need to think of their well-being and their mental health because that's where it comes back to as well, that they've all been told, okay, sorry, guys, we can't pay you. Cool. Some can afford that, some can't. So it all stems back to that. And that's what the PFA's role is, is to help these guys. So I can see both sides. I just think that Glory probably should have just sat back, or not Glory, Tony, and I say this all the time. I really like the guy, but he has verbal diarrhea. He doesn't know when to stop. So he shoots himself in the foot. He means well, but he shoots himself in the foot because he comes out and then everyone's like, oh, great, this blows again. So um, it'd be interesting to see if any of the other clubs, like Central Coast, for instance, who don't have the biggest funding or someone like Newcastle Jets and whatnot. I don't think Victory, Sydney, maybe even uh, Western Sydney are going to struggle as much. Uh, in terms of this, they might reduce wages. I don't think they'll stand down the way this has happened. But I don't know, Tony said that other clubs will be coming to the party. He actually put it out on social media and that he was just the first person to do it. So it'll be interesting to see who it will be. It's going to be interesting uh, right across the league. There's definitely going to be ramifications for for all clubs. Um, I know Tony Sage gets a lot of gets a lot, a lot of uh, stuff thrown in his direction, but yeah, as, as you, you mentioned, all the other stuff about uh, what he does in terms of his other businesses and family life and all of that. But on the flip side, supporters don't really care about that. They just care about the football team. And uh, I, I, I 
I do I do shake my head at people who say that they're going to organize boycotts over this and yeah. I'm going to uh, petitions and all this nonsense. It's like, come on, like you're you're a supporter of the club. Understand that this is a situation that nobody wants, um, whether that's in our personal lives or in our professional lives. And the club is is no different. I mean, the the staff are going to be in the same boat as well. They don't want this to happen. Nobody does. But the fact of the matter is, there has to be cuts somewhere, and the players are are an asset that 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 take a lot of money out of the club. Um, that's the reality of the situation. So yeah, I think supporters need to be a little bit more understanding. Obviously, it's not ideal, but it'd be different if we were still kicking a ball around and say it was sacking players right, left, and center. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a slightly different situation. So maybe maybe be a little bit more understanding and sit back and just let it evolve between the parties um, that are included. Blaine. However, I say that, but if the players do all leave and you know, we have to build for next season, uh, what does this mean for Perk Glory? Uh, you know, there's, it's already difficult enough to attract players to Perth because, let's face it, it's, we're an isolated um, city. There's, it's not as glamorous as, as Sydney, for example, um, but we do have a great lifestyle and that does attract players here for a number of years, like we've seen with Diego Castro, for example. We've been privileged to have him for the last... Five, five years he's contracted for next year which is fantastic because you wouldn't want a, a player like him to go out on a situation like this we get another year out of him but what about the rest of them do you think it's going to make it more difficult if 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 tony sage and glory are seen as the ones who kick-started the sacking or the, the the standing down of players could that have a knock-on effect um, for the future yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. Without knowing the ins and outs of these contracts, because the, these players have been stood down, does that mean their contracts are, are null and void? I'm not really sure whether that's just kind of... I believe so. I believe it means they've got the decision to leave should they want to. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. Yep. That is that yep. is massive. Um, so you could have a mass exodus. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think we're going to be the only ones. And and financially, where do you where do you come back from? How, how do you come back from this as a league and as a, as a club? I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, and I, I hate to hate to think of it, but I I do have the the worst case kind of scenario in the in the back of my head. Um, unfortunately, um, yeah. I, in terms of the players, it's, as I said, these players have got to sum up their own personal um, situations, um, and you hope that that they can work things out, and and possibly hope that there's a bit of good faith in in um, in coming back when that when the time is right or whatever else. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. It'd be, it'd be, um, yeah. You'd really have to get inside some of the the players' heads to realise where where they're at personally. That's something we haven't had yet. We haven't had any players um, speak out of turn or or say they're leaving. And I'm sure that they're just sitting back and waiting to see uh, how the situation unfolds because it's it's uh, yeah, obviously a time of uncertainty for them. Because I imagine that if if the players themselves hold out a hope that the, the season can be finished in a month, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it may be, they don't actually want to leave the club. You know, they'd, especially if you're a, a team that's chasing silverware like Sydney FC, for example, going for a, a regular season title. And then you've got your other teams below them who are, are who have a chance to make finals and potentially win the toilet seat. So, it, yeah, it's a tough one for the players. Do you jump ship now and go and try to... Uh, you know, secure your future elsewhere, but our clubs around the world actually handing out contracts now without it because, the, especially at the level that the A League players could hope to, to get, because there are a lot of the leagues are in the same position with that uncertainty. So it, it is it is a really tough situation. And another tough situation that we've got is around the broadcasting of the of the game. Um, Fox Sports have made a lot of cuts in recent weeks. They've stood down yeah. a lot of their journalists and reporters. Um, football coverage has has. Uh, it's taken a bit of a backseat in the sense that there wasn't even um, 
the studio coverage for one of the games recently and they didn't fly commentators to Perth for a game. So, yeah, a lot of cost-cutting happening there as well. The flip side of that is they're, they're home to the A-League until 2023. So they've got a lot of time left to run on that uh, existing TV contract. It's a tough one to see where we go from here because if they're not putting as much... Um, much support into the the showing of the games and as much funding into it. What happens next? Any thoughts, Ben? Yeah, it's um, I think anyone who who watches the A League kind of uh, even semi regularly uh, will see that it's they they're not really putting too many eggs into the A League basket in terms of promotion or anything else. Uh, it's quite common to see them actually advertise for other other sporting events. Uh, you know, in the top right hand corner widgets. Why why are the A League's actually going on? Which is a a big bugbear of mine. Um, it's just, yeah, I'm not really sure. It's a, it's a product that it's, it's a real kind of niche product that I think um, is more likely to turn to the digital kind of space uh, more than more than television as such. Um, and we're still not seeing too many numbers in terms of KO and and those kind of numbers too. And it might be, I mean, it might be financially viable if we did see those numbers uh, actually come out. Uh, but when that, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't think that Foxtel is really interested too much in the A League anymore, and I think they'll cut it free as, as soon as possible. But the the issue we've gotten, and it's it happens all the time, is people go, "Oh, just give it to Optus. Optus can take the rights." That's fine. That's fine saying show it on Optus. But what people don't understand is that Fox Sports produced the A League, so they actually yeah. have cameras at the games, they have the staff, they have the production team, the whole lot. Optus don't produce football. You know, the the, the Premier League, where Bundesliga or Champions League, sorry, Bundesliga is still on being, and um, Champions League, Europa League, all of that is done by a a production team, a centralized production team, and then the the cat the feed is is broadcast around the world, and Optus have bought the rights to those feeds. The difference with the A League is that there isn't a centralized team producing it. It is Fox Sports who produce it, and their Fox Sports camera crews. Fox Sports boom mics on the side of the pitch, all that sort of stuff is is Fox Sports. You take Fox away from the A League, who then goes to produce it? It's all well it's, and good saying that Optus will throw money to buy the rights to, to show it, but to actually create the footage in the first place, who's going to do that? Donna, any thoughts? Sorry, no, go for it, Blaine. I was just going to say, in saying that, I'm pretty sure that Foxtel do subcontract some of that production um, work out. Some of it, yes, yeah. but the but the, the they they still coordinate and every when you go to games, it's still the Fox Sports truck that's there at HBF Park. It's sure. still Fox Sports uh, dibs on the on the camera camera crew people, all that kind of stuff. You know, we get stuck behind them in the in the stand <laughs> sometimes in the media, and all you can see is a Fox Sports bib for uh, for half the pitch because there's a cameraman in front of you. So it, it is them. So it's not just a case of picking up the rights to show the games. There are going to be extra production costs. Is anyone not willing to pick that up? That's the bit that I'm not too certain about. I don't... Um, I I can see the Fox Sports issue at the moment. And as, as you said, a lot of their staff were stood down. And one of them was Daniel Garb, which was my biggest shock because... He is uh, one of the faces of football here. You know, you, you associate Daniel with the A-League and football. So that was one of the biggest shocks for me. Fox Sports quickly came out and released a statement saying it had nothing to do with what's going on at the moment. So it's got nothing to do with the COVID-19, apparently. But it was just that, a... Is, isn't that even more worrying? Yeah, exactly. So that happens. They said it's got nothing to do with that. It was just purely based on the fact, you know, 
they needed to cut numbers and whatnot. That's great. I, I understand that. Everyone, they've got a business to run. I get that. I also see, I've heard a lot of chatter about Optus buying the rights of it. And I understand, Neil, what you're trying to say is the fact that everything is pretty much Fox Sports branded. They, they run the show for the A-League. Even though they, out, they do outsource, I think it's about 25% of their camera work and whatnot. They outsource it to a, a different company. But the rest of it is Fox Sports. I don't see it being a big issue if Optus was to come in because if Optus are going to come in, the Fox Sports would be working on a deal as we speak. It's only they've got, what, three years left on there. They'll start approaching Optus or whoever, okay, or whoever it is that wants to take the rights, and Optus will start building on it. Um, I've spoken to some Fox Sports uh, reporters, past and present now, and they've all said that they'd gladly take a role on at Optus Sport and start building the foundation for the A-League. I don't think, I've heard a lot of chatter that the A-League is dead and it's not going to revive itself and um, all this stuff. It's not. It's okay because we're in the same position as the NRL and the AFL. I understand that they've probably got more backing, but the NRL isn't that financially viable, which what a lot of people don't know. So we're not, we're not the only the only um, sport in the world to go on standstill. Yes, we don't have as much financial backing and we have been in a bit of strife, but I think this is the perfect time for the FFA to really start um, focusing and put a plan of action. And I've really loved seeing what James Johnson has had to say in the last few, um, few weeks and the way he's handled himself in his press conferences. He really cares. You, He talks to you, doesn't talk down to you. And you can see that he has the future in mind. So I think we're going to be okay. I don't think it's the end of the world. And I said this to someone yesterday, we've got to stop, um, and not us in particular, but other people, stop treating the A-League different to any other league we treat in the world. So if you were in the UK and you're watching the EPL and this has happened, you treat them one way. We've got to stop treating them any different way we treat the, you know, the EPL, the La Liga, the Bundesliga, whatever. They're all their big leagues in their countries. We're the big league here in the in Australia. The A-League is the football league in Australia. So we've got to stop treating the leagues any differently uh, when it comes to us because I hear a lot of that, oh, you know, the quality isn't this and the quality isn't that. It's going to be dead in a couple more years. You know, it lasted 15 or so years. Let's just close the doors now and think that it came along. That's not how it works <laughs> and that's not the reality of it. So there's a lot of uncertainty. I get it and the A-League um, has a lot of work to do but I think we also need to show a little bit more support and you spoke before, um, Neil, about members asking for their money back for memberships and my opinion has been a bit of an unpopular one and I was, I don't, I don't know, I found it really uh, disgusting at the start. The, the first thing that people were saying the minute they decided to close the league and the FA stopped everything was, oh, so am I going to get my money back? Like, where's my money going to come back? Where's my... Just breathe. Let's just breathe for a second. In my head, that was not the first thing I thought of. Um, and that was my stance on it. I understand. I get it. Financial strains and people are in, you know, money is very important, especially now more than ever with jobs being lost. But that was not the first thing I thought of uh, when the A-League decided to postpone the league. That, and I don't know if you two were in the same boat as me, but it was not the first thing I thought of. No, like I, I'm, a, I'm a member of... of teams in other sports as well and yeah I'm waiting to see what plays out I, I expect that if uh, if if there there will be some sort of deal offered to people whether that's if yeah. you're an Eagles member in the AFL if you're the Glory member whatever it may be it might be something that's related to next season um, to give the, 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 the organizations time to get their house in order and to figure things out 
but now I'm not in any rush. But again, that's that's my personal circumstances. Other people could benefit greatly from getting fifty or sixty dollars back, I suppose. So it's hard. It, 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 I was frustrated at the calls for immediately saying, "Oh yeah, great, the season's over. Give me my money back." It just seemed yeah. a little bit, a little bit insensitive and a little bit too too quick. Rather than doing it on social media, if you're really that concerned, just give the uh, just give the give give the club a call. Um, you know, you don't have to do it publicly. Um, they obviously don't want to be fighting back at people publicly as well there's enough going on with the uncertainty around their jobs so yeah there's a way there's a way to go about things if you want a refund for whatever reason personal circumstances that's cool um but yeah just just maybe just don't drop it in the facebook comments straight after and um, the, the season has been shut down and um, blaine just going forward now with the league as a whole and um, there's been a lot of talk around what the next iteration of the a league will look like because there's financial difficulties we're meant to have a new team coming in again next year um, does this provide a little bit of an opportunity for us to sit back and, and maybe reset a few things and maybe tweak a little bit of the system? I don't know. Do you think that we'll get the fallout from this could see some changes for the better if we're to put a positive slant on it? Yeah, no, I think absolutely. I think it's a across the world, actually, um, and whether it's just the day-to-day mindsets of people or to put it into football terms, you know, the clubs, how they want to do things, the business models, I think it's a good chance for everyone just to sit back and and, and and reset in a way, and the, 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 it looks like the economy is going to help us reset in a certain way, shape, or form. But in terms of building again, I think it's an opportunity to see how we did things and how we grew in the past, and what worked and what didn't work, and what's going to work now. Um, I think there's going to be, uh, you know, I think it might be, yeah, I think it might be a good opportunity to to peel it right back to the core and work out. Are these? Is this yeah. franchise model working? Uh, is the is the way that we uh, run uh, contracts through stadium contracts working? Um, yeah, there's, it's a it's a huge opportunity to to, to reflect and, and and possibly do things better in the future. What I'm hoping is that um, people will realise how much they miss football, and yep. maybe they'll give us maybe they'll give us a proper length of a season instead of worrying about. Clashing with AFL and clashing with NRL and final series and all that. Just give us more bloody football at the top level and stop the season ending in May and starting again in October. Because I, I think everybody agree. everybody's missing the game at the moment. So there's nothing to watch. Um, so, you know, I think if that's the case, let's give us more football when we come back. You know, play at some of the smaller boutique stadiums, whatever it may be. But again, a lot of that is obviously going to tie in with the television and whether it can be uh, to be shown and the appetite that's there from the broadcaster. So there are a lot of factors in it. But just from a really basic fundamental standpoint, give me more football. You know, start, the season starts at the beginning of October and ends in May. Some teams, their season is over by March, April because they have nothing to play for. Let's let's get more football in. It's better for the players, for their development to be playing. Uh, more regularly uh, and, and stop these um, little 26, 27 game seasons. Give us, give us 35, 36 games. If we're going to get 11, 12 teams in it, let's aim towards 16. Eventually, it may take a little bit longer now, but that's fine. It's good to have ambitions. And obviously then the, the promotion, relegation, second tier, all that sort of stuff shouldn't be parked completely because of this. We need to start moving forward and to, to grow the game even more because participation rates when we come back from all of this will still be high. People are still going out and kicking a ball. Um, there's a lot of kids, you know, sitting around at home at the moment, dying to get out and kick a ball around with their mates again. The appetite for football is going to be huge once this all subsides. I think that's what we need to remember is that as soon as, as soon as the restrictions are lifted and, and people get the all clear to start training or playing games, everybody's going to be out kicking a ball. You know, you'd be like, geez, I never want to go through that again. I'm <laughs> going playing football. 
So it's, it, I think that that's something maybe that the, the A-League needs to start looking at now strategically and building on it that as soon as the government drops it, we're like, right, the A-League is coming back. These are, our, these are our membership packages. Support your local club. Get involved in the community side of it as well. All of that sort of stuff is something that they should be looking at strategically now. And that's that's what I'd be doing if uh, if it was if I was in there. But hey, they've got less staff now, so it might not be feasible. But they, they need to be doing something. Can't just sit in their hands um, for the next while and wait for something to happen. You've got to be proactive and, and try and make this an opportunity to to improve the game as a whole. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 what's going on in the A League. And we've also talked about Per Glory playing anything else football wise you wanted to touch on. Oh, just uh, I guess people are probably aware of this, but the only football actually going on around the world that we're aware of is the Belarus Premier League. Now, there's a bit of a cult club that's come in, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but I believe the club is pronounced FK Schlutschk. But the English spelling has it as S-L-U-T-S-K. So... It seems to have a bit of a cult following in that. A lot of the boys have jumped on uh, that side at the moment. Um, with plenty of others, you've got clubs like Minsk in there. You've got Dynamo Brest, uh, pretty or relatively well-known clubs. But I think the one that probably people would know best would be Barte. They've had a few uh, Champions League campaigns and everything like that. So uh, if that's a bit of football that you want to get around, it's the Belarus Premier League. And um, not that I'm condoning any kind of um, gambling at the moment, but you can watch those games on a Bet365 account. I mean, I, I, as I said, I'm really missing football, but... Don't think I'm missing it that much. I think I'll just stick to playing. Uh, I think I'll stick to playing FIFA Ultimate Team online and um, and a bit of uh, Football Manager. How's uh, your Football Manager plenty. going, Neil? Um, I I haven't downloaded the latest one yet because I'm saving that for when I'm in full lockdown. I don't want to peak too early, so I've been playing FIFA quite a lot, and I've got the old Football Manager. So plus, it's also full price at the moment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off until there's an inevitable plummet, and then I'll uh, I'll pounce. <laughs> but I've been about there's plenty of um football related stuff on uh, on Netflix as well. So the second season of uh, Sunderland Till I Die is coming out on April first. Um, pure coincidence that it's on April Fool's Day. But the first the first series was really good. Um, bit of a behind the scenes look at, at Sunderland. Obviously, since they plummeted from the Premier League down to the third tier of English football, so that's something to um to keep in mind. And there's loads of other good football documentaries out there to watch there's a there's there's um the maradona documentaries gotten rave reviews from people there's one about the history of english football yeah there, there's really a lot of um football related content to uh, to keep you occupied during the during the uh the, the, the down period um but yeah i'm gonna hold off on the belarus premier league for now <laughs> yeah, i'm sorry it's it's not my cup of tea what about you donna any um football picks for you at all no, haven't really been. I've been uh, working a lot uh, behind the scenes for DT38 at the moment because everyone's on social media, so it's good. We've got a, you know, we've got a huge base, so everyone is watching. But about the Belarus um, league, I read a quote the other day. One of the players said that no one actually cares about the virus, um, so that's why they're still playing. Um, they said people are still working on their tractors and still running around the villages, so they obviously don't. Um, have, haven't grasped it very well of what is going um, what is going on. So, and they said that they insist that this is the time that Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi should join the league, um, is what one fan said. So, I'm not sure uh, Ronaldo is going to leave his mum at the moment, who's in Portugal, um, 
sick. Um, I'm not sure he's going to leave uh, Juventus and come over to the uh, good old Belarus league while this virus is going around. But uh, kudos to them for trying. I think they're trying to get over there. I think it was the yep. Bel- uh, Belarusian president that says that um, oh. a, a good bit of uh, six hours hard labour in the fields will cure anything. So I think that's <laughs> the kind of mentality they're going on. It's life as normal. I, th- I think that um, that reference to Ronaldo going to the Belarusian league reminds me of the time when Gory tried to sign Wayne Rooney <laughs> and when he was suspended from playing in England. That was or a, David Beckham. Don't forget that when fun, that was a fun and time. Harry Kuehl, Tony Sage was seen with Harry Kuehl at the fashion festival and that went uh, on. And yeah. we, We've had a few dudes this year. Instead, we had uh, to settle for yeah. William Gallas. Hey, look, I will, I will defend the William Gallas signing. That's a hill I'm willing to die on. I, I, it didn't work out, but I was a brilliant signing at the time. I, I, I will die on that hill that Gallas was a good signing in theory. So uh, it just didn't work, work out, unfortunately. And he was absolutely brilliant for uh, probably two of the games that he played in. I remember watching that. He was quite, and I remember nearly scoring an overhead kick at, uh, at NIB Stadium, as it was then, against, I think it was the Central Coast Mariners, where he nearly scored an overhead kick, which would have, uh, which would have gone around the world. But having said that, he's responsible for my... Uh, ultimate face palm glory moment when he had the air swing yeah. against um, Western City Wanderers and Tommy Urich pounced to score. That is the ultimate glory face palm moment for me. You sign this really fantastic, big name, international player, and he comes in and turns the absolute shit in front of your yep. eyes. So well done. Was, well it was, done. <laughs> it was what, what a moment that was. So, Just yeah, on that's, that, that's Daniel. I always go back to. Daniel Garb was having a bit of a uh, thing on Facebook the other day about he picked his ultimate glory 11. So I gave him yeah. the better challenge of picking his worst glory 11. And I think that was easier to come up with than the best. Yeah, we've had some shockers over the years, but that's all part of the fun. And I guess that's why we keep coming back. There's always there's never a dull moment and always something to keep people talking. So even during this uh, this off period, we've got a lot to, to look at. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun few weeks uh, waiting, sitting around, twiddling our thumbs to see what happens. Both with the the local game because we got we got the night series in and we got some uh, some MPL in and a little bit of, uh, there was amateur night series got underway. There was plenty of friendlies going on. People looking to get games on a Saturday and Sunday, and now it's just ground to a halt. No training, nothing. It's very weird. You do three months of preseason and then you're just sitting around doing nothing. So. That's a, that's a challenge for me now at the moment, just trying to get motivated to stay fit when I'm not chasing the ball around. I'm sure there's lots of people in the same boat. So hopefully football comes, uh, comes back sooner rather than later. I think it's uh, I think we're all agreed on that. But um, yeah, I think that's pretty much plenty. It's been a, it's been a long time since we uh, we got we sat around had a chat, and I think we may do it again in the the coming weeks as yes. more news develops. Um, why not? We've all got time in our hands, so. And I guess people are looking for football-related content, so we might pick up a few new listeners. So it's a very selfish um, idea to start doing a podcast again. We're, we're gonna, we'll hold our hands up and admit that there's a gap in the yep. market there, and we're going to try and pounce on it. So, you know, why, why, why lie? Uh, but don't forget, you can check us out on uh, on all the social media platforms as well. We're at Far Post Perth on, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And we're all around those parts as well. There's, uh, yeah, there's always something going on. And I'll spend more time creating Scott Morrison memes this week because that seems to be happening well. That was, uh, that was the highlight of my week was creating a Scott Morrison meme. So, um, yeah. What did you do this week? Well, you'll never guess what I did on Facebook. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, more of that as it, as it happens. Um, but, Blaine, thanks a million for your time. We'll yeah, chat again. Just, a, just a little bit of um, a public service announcement from me. I mean, obviously, we're going to do our best to try and fill the time and, and take people's kind of uh, minds off what's going on in the world. But if you are really struggling out there, just remember to 
give Lifeline a call, 13 11 14, and have a chat and seek support if you are uh, struggling Absolutely. mentally or anything else. Yep, Absolutely. sounds good, yeah. sounds good. 100%. Yeah, it's a tough time. Tough time for a lot of people, even working from home, staring at the four walls all day. Get out and have a walk, get down the beach, stay far away from other people. Um, but while we're still allowed to do little things like that, go for a jog or whatever, yeah, try to get out of the house and try to keep yourself motivated. And maybe maybe you can do a, you can do a run while you're listening to the podcast, combine the best of both worlds. But yeah, it's great advice. And Donna, um, yourself, thanks again for your chat. No, and, uh, thanks for having luck. me. Good look at the DT8, uh, DT38 stuff. If there's any further updates, just, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously have them out on the social media yes. platforms and we'll maybe some more updates on the next podcast as well. Cool. And to everybody else, thanks a million for listening and we'll speak to you again in the very near future. You're listening to the Far Post Perth podcast. News, views and banter on everything football.